Hey, I'm Brett Podolsky, co-founder of The Farmer's Dog. We make fresh food for dogs. We started the company when we saw what a huge difference it made in my own dog, Jada, when she stopped eating ultra-processed kibble and started eating fresh, whole food. The Farmer's Dog food isn't fancy. It's just real food delivered to your door in pre-portioned packs. It's better for them and easier for you. Get 50% off your first box at thefarmersdog.com slash podcast. That's thefarmersdog.com slash podcast. Is your child struggling with a specific subject or need help with homework? Are they asking questions that you're not sure you can fully answer? IXL Learning is an online learning program for kids. It covers math, language arts, science, and social studies. IXL is designed. This program will improve your kids' grades. Studies done in almost every state in the country. The kids who had IXL are consistently doing better. Powered by advanced algorithms, IXL gives the right help to each kid no matter the age or personality. And it doesn't have to eat up all your time. One subscription gets you everything for all the kids in your home, pre-K to 12th grade. So don't miss out. One in four students in the U.S. are learning with IXL. IXL is used in 95 of the top 100 school districts in the U.S. Make an impact on your child's learning. Get IXL now. And listeners can get an exclusive 20% off IXL membership when they sign up today at IXL.com audio. Visit IXL.com audio to get the most effective learning program out there at the best price. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Go 24-7 podcast. Bryce Kuhn alongside Glenn West. We appreciate if you're watching over on YouTube or if you're listening on Spotify, Apple Podcast. It's a, uh, it's a Glenn West that does not have to head to the baseball field today, but, man, uh, it sure was a sweet, sweet ending for Glenn and tons of other LSU folks in Omaha as LSU wins the College World Series. Glenn, dare I say it was... In dramatic fashion, I don't know if I would say that. This series between Florida was so back and forth. We talked after the Wake Forest series and all the important things leading up into it. But can you just start off with the emotional roller coaster that we go from Sunday, just, a, I mean, lack of better words, a drubbing at the hands of the Gators, and then turn around and arguably, and the broadcasters said it, Glenn, I know you didn't have the chance to hear that, but they said this is one of the more impressive flush it and play the next day that they had seen college or major leagues in a championship type of environment. Kind of talk about that and just the emotional roller coaster you saw from the team and the fans uh, as LSU kind of tilted it and uh, ended up winning it. So I think roller coaster is probably the best way to describe that three-game series. Um, you can even go back to Saturday's game um, and the the 4-3, just back and forth, extra innings. I mean, I don't think anything will top that last Wake Forest game for me in terms of just execution and just how great of a game that that was. Um, but the Florida the LSU game one was just a amazing game back and forth. I mean, you had Ty Floyd go out there and give you, I think, six or seven innings and shove 17 strikeouts down uh, Florida's throat there. Um, you know, he gives you – uh, just a really, really solid performance, and um, you know, he broke the record, I think, for College World Series strikeouts. LSU was a team, I think, for the entire College World Series, broke that record, shattered that record, if I'm not mistaken, uh, with well over 100 strikeouts. I can't exactly remember what the number was, but um, they were just locked in and, and, and loaded on the pitcher's mound. Um, and then you get to then you get to Sunday, and it's all of a sudden a 24 run kind of game and things got uh you know out of control pretty quickly for LSU um you know I think probably the turning point of that game um you can certainly you know look at the the couple errors there from Jordan Thompson and it led mm -hmm. to some some big home run hits 
Um, and then from there, I mean, it was just honestly Jay Johnson and the team punting it. I mean, like they, they were not going to throw uh, a lot of their big bullets, um, you know, wanting to save that for the Monday game after it got to about 11, 12, 3. Um, you know, you, you, you saw a lot of Christian Little. You saw, uh, you, know, you know, some Blake Money, some Bryce Collins. And so, you know, those guys have, you know, helped you at times this year, but have been very just up and down with their play. And certainly Florida took advantage of that on Sunday. And, you know, kind of heading into the Monday game, um, they had all the momentum. I mean, they, they, yeah. they were they were seeing the ball well. Um, you know, 24 runs the previous night, the previous day. And, you know, I think there was some genuine concern from, you know, outsiders watching this team. Um, but there was no concern inside the LSU locker room. I mean, just talking with the players immediately after that game on the field or in the press conference, talking with Jay Johnson, um, they, they had already kind of forgotten it. I mean, by the time they got on the play on, on the bus ride back to the Hilton hotel where they were staying, uh, just a few blocks away, they had already kind of flushed that from their memory. And, uh, you know, it was all really about just, you know, focusing in on one last opportunity to win a championship. And certainly uh, when, when, what you got from Monday was just uh, an exquisite performance. I think it was probably their best offensive performance in, in Omaha by a clear mile. Uh, you, you know, you look at the the way that LSU offense uh, kind of moved uh, it was a lot different than what you saw for most of the postseason from this club. I mean, they were relying heavily on the long ball uh, for most of this postseason. Uh, and I thought they got back to kind of their roots there um, and, and kind of what made them such a successful offense throughout the entire regular season, which was, you know, we're going to draw a lot of free passes. We're going to get high, you know, get in high pitch counts and, you know, get, you know, stay, stay in our plan and not allow – uh, you know, not and just wait for our pitch essentially, and and, and see if we can't kind of drive uh, some singles, some doubles, some hard hit line drives. You know, they weren't always going for the home run ball. They certainly had enough of the home run ball in there uh, to to certainly kind of you know, propel them. I think over the top in this game and make it you know the the albatross game that it was. Um, but look, I, I just thought execution wise, um, focus wise, mentally. They were just super dialed in, and I, I would agree. I mean, I didn't get to hear that on the on the on the broadcast, um, but just a tremendous, tremendous bounce back. I mean, you know, I, I, I honestly, if, after getting beat something like that, you know, I, I don't know what goes into you know making that mental adjustment. Um, but look, I, I think it started with Jordan Thompson, and we'll get into more of the mm. individual players and whatnot. But um, I think his hit. Uh, very early in the game that kind of, you know, I think it got LSU its first run. Um, it kind of really sparked the crowd and sparked the dugout. I mean, I hadn't seen the dugout go that crazy for a hit. Um, you know, I probably Beloso and Whites are the only ones that um, compare. Um, but the, the dugout was certainly very, very happy for Jordan. And they kind of rode that momentum from there. I mean, that second inning where they put up six runs and, uh, just uh, really, I think demoralized Florida from right right, right from the jump uh, was was really important to them pulling this thing out. You mentioned uh, the broadcast, and one more thing that they talked about that I thought was was huge was the 
the turnaround specifically for a guy like Jordan Thompson, and they even mentioned on the broadcast, Glenn, and I, I know I texted you, I said, how loud is it? And you said, well, there's a glass panel in front of you. But at any point, could you feel the energy in the stadium, especially when Thompson comes up? And look, the fan base on social media, obviously the frustrations with how he played, and I guarantee you nobody was more frustrated than Jordan Thompson at the way he performed. But that hit right there, at that moment, just watching and seeing the crowd's reaction and hearing that, what does it mean for a guy like that, a guy like Cade Below? So these guys, you know, that have done so much for this program, but specifically Thompson, to come through in that situation and really turn the tide, and that was a big turning point, like you said, in that game three. Yeah, I think there was a lot of belief. I mean, look, Florida jumped out early to the 2 nothing lead. Wyatt Langford got a hold of one early um, and just crushed one to, to dead – left field i mean it was just a no doubter right off yeah. the bat um and you know how lsu would respond i think was going to be a big part uh in how this game kind of turned out in terms of momentum uh and boy did lsu respond the right way i mean they batted through the order they got all nine guys up plus you know a, a second at bat for dugas for george uh, Braden joe bear and and, and and thompson as well um but it all started i thought with just uh, the, the Thompson hit there. I thought, you know, Dugas did a nice job of, of drawing the four-pitch walk. Joe Bear comes up and, and you know, forces a full count um, and and uh, and singles into, uh, I think it was left field. He does a little opposite field hit there, which was not a very common hit for, for Braden Joe Bear. Um, and then Thompson comes in and gives you the, the RBI single there, and it's really off to the races. I mean, just yeah. everybody had very clean at-bats in that entire inning. Uh, you put up six there to respond to Florida's two, um, and, and you're really off to the races from there. I mean, I thought that LSU really, you know, kind of snagged a, a great hold of the game there in that second inning. Um, you know, just so many different guys just came up big for you. Malazzo drew a big walk. Kate Beloso was hit by a pitch. Uh, Cruz drew a walk. I mean, that kind of stuff there, when you're, when you're an offense like LSU and you're able to draw so many free passes – um, you're, you're bound to see a hit drop eventually. And, and I thought that LSU had done such a nice job in the first two games of getting guys on base and making it uh, you know, a little bit more pressure heavy there for Florida. They just weren't able to knock those guys in. And I thought, you know, obviously the big difference was they were able to do that um, really, really consistently on Monday and just a great approach against a, a really good staff and, um, they were just really off to the races, I thought, after that second inning. But just a, a really, really big hit for Jordan Thompson. I mean, the crowd was just – they went nuts. I mean, it was a really cool moment there. And I think I tweeted this out a little bit later in the game uh, because Thompson led the team in RBIs or was mm-hmm. close to the, to the lead in RBIs. I, I think LSU pushed, you know, like seven runs over in the last couple innings and maybe somebody caught him. Uh, maybe it was Joe Bear, But – um, he had three RBIs in, in this game, and, and all three of them felt really, really big uh, when they happened. Uh, the crowd could feel it. Uh, certainly the dugout could feel it. And I, and I tweeted this out. It felt like a sports movie moment. You know, the guy had mm-hmm. gone literally like one for 28 or one for 29 yeah. with you know double-digit strikeouts in the 20s. I mean, it was just not, not a good World Series. And he uh, and Coach Jay Johnson was the first to say that on Monday. But then he also said, I took Jordan in on Monday morning. I asked him to come visit me in my room. And he says, hey, listen, we're going to win the College World Series tonight. Is there anything that I can do to help you and, and, and make this, an, uh, you know, essentially an important game for you uh, to come through with some big hits or some big plays? 
And Thompson just looked him dead in the eye and said, no, coach, I'm good. And they went off to play. And, you know, that's just kind of how it, how, how it went from there. And, he, you know, the rest is history. And uh, just a really, really stellar performance. So I thought from him just to bounce back in that way, um, you know, shadow, you know, get rid of a lot of the, ne- the, the negative uh, words and, and things that were being said there. And uh, really, LSU, I thought, fed off that energy and, and did a really nice job tonight. Yeah, fantastic job. Uh, he finished up actually two for six, three RBIs. That was tied with two other guys. You mentioned one of them, Braden Joe Bayer, the other one being Tommy White, and a couple of other guys with two. Obviously, Josh Pearson, the big two run, no doubt shot. Josh Pearson got a hold of one and sit yeah. over the Ratfield wall. Glenn, I wanted to ask you this and maybe get a feel of what it was like in the press box. Obviously, Florida had a lot of media covering. One thing that was interesting to me, and I tried to do some reading of how surprised maybe the folks on the Gators side of things were but look going into this weekend I think the concern for anybody was if you're an LSU fan you're saying man I the earliest we could get to Skeens is Monday and they've got their horses matched out the way they want were you surprised or was other conversations in the press box at really how much Florida's pitching struggled just from the starting standpoint they got some good innings obviously from the bullpen at certain times but man they had their horses lined up and it just didn't work out for them was that a surprising kind of theme that you saw or for you personally well I think coming into the game or into the series rather we had heard or at least through the research that I had done uh, particularly the last couple starters Hurston Waldrop uh, and Jack Caglinone they were kind of prone to uh, walks and to free passes and to uh, letting things maybe get out of hand in the outings where they struggled early. Uh, so, like, you know, if they, they – and you saw that both didn't even get into the third inning. Um, yeah. So I thought what LSU was really able to do all, all series long was get the starters out early, get into that Florida bullpen super, super early in these games. Um, and you can only hold up for so long. I mean, you only have so many arms out of the bullpen – um, so I think LSU's approach, even in the first two games where maybe they didn't drive in as many runs or didn't have uh, as much success in terms of scoring, um, they were able to run up those pitch counts pretty early on the starters for Florida, um, get out of those uh, get out of those starting roles pretty early. Waldrip, I believe, walked six or seven guys. Uh, you know, Jack Caglinone, who's you know, a two way player and very, you know, very strong lefty, uh, still. You know, it can be erratic at times from what we had heard and from what I had seen through research, um, and, and they get him out by the third inning as well. Um, so I think that was probably the biggest thing that I noticed in terms of LSU getting to the bullpen uh, early in these games. Um, but just to your point about Skeens, I mean, I thought the question of the entire press conference on Monday uh, came from actually uh, Wilson Alexander, who covers uh, LSU for the Advocate. Um he didn't phrase it in the way that what the plan, what was the plan leading into Paul Skeens uh, in terms of his availability. He framed it as how impressive was it that you were able to get through these three games without having to use that guy? Because I think that was the bigger concern for LSU as if they were in a tight situation um, and, and they knew that Skeens could help them get several outs there in that Monday game. Were they going to pull the trigger on that? And they didn't even make that a conversation. I mean, the game was like mm. 13, 14, 15 to 4 uh, by the seventh inning. There's no need to bring him out for, for any of those outings or for any of those outs uh, to end the game. So uh, just a real big hat tip there for for um, you know for LSU and, and the offense in particular on Monday to 
not even be in a position where they're forced to use Paul Skeens. Uh, Jay Johnson gave a really nice detailed answer about that. Essentially said that he didn't want to, to start Skeens knowing that they would probably be able to get the first six or nine outs with Skeens out there. But then you pull him out and Florida could potentially see that as a win, you know, in terms of getting yeah. into the bullpen um, and, and, you know, maybe give them a little bit of extra juice. And he had a lot of faith in Thatcher Hurd. And again, look, Thatcher Hurd's performance, Ty Floyd's performance early in this series, um, the, the Wake Forest performance with Skeens, those are three of the most dominant like pitching performances you could have ever ask for if you're LSU. I yeah. mean, they were just lights out. It was – it honestly got to a point where we were picking the all-tournament team and it just felt awful to, to leave any of those guys out. I mean, Skeens won the whole thing. He won the MVP, very deserving and whatnot. Um, but but Floyd and Hurd were, should have been right there. And Riley Cooper, in my opinion, should have been uh, yeah. just important. I mean, he got you four saves or, through, you know, he came out and got you four late, late outs in, in, in all these games. And so, you know, it was just a really, really impressive pitching performance throughout the entire College World Series for LSU. Um, and, and they were able to really lean on those guys. And, and that was something that I don't think you, me, anybody who would watch this team six, seven weeks ago could have possibly thought was going to be the, the reason that LSU won this championship, but it absolutely was. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launcher online shop stage, to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did-we-just-hit-a-million-orders stage. Shopify is here to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 15% better on average compared to other other leading commerce platforms and sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash odyssey podcast all lowercase go to shopify.com slash odyssey podcast now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in shopify.com slash odyssey podcast yeah i love that and uh bill frank is obviously uh lsu sid which i don't know if you saw the picture of him and jay johnson that was a great picture picture uh, of seeing those so two guys celebrating. So oh, my gosh. Pictures. I mean, just the aftermath of the games, too. Oh. We can touch on that a little bit. But, I mean, you had Jay Johnson there with Paul Monero. You had a group of about five or six players, the 2017 LSU team that lost to Florida. They were all up in the stands taking pictures together because, 
I think a lot of those those players from that 17 team, you know, they at least Kramer Robertson, I know he put his feelings out there. Uh, LSU winning that series kind of, you know, alleviated some of the the hurt that that that, mm. that came with losing that series six years ago uh, to to the Gators, and so. Uh, you, you got that going on. You got obviously the the president and athletic director Scott Woodward's out there. Matt McMahon and Kim Mulkey, the women's and men's basketball coaches, were out there. Uh, you had Brian Kelly show up for the one dud. I mean, I guess Coach <laughs> Kelly needs to stay away from the baseball field for a while. Um, but you had yeah, you had Kelly show up on on uh, on Sunday. Joe Burrow was out there on Saturday for that electric win uh, in Game One. I mean, just. Uh, it was a really star-studded weekend, and, and I think everybody got behind this team and saw what kind of run they were making in that Wake Forest uh, two-game stretch there, and they wanted to be a part of the vibes. They wanted to be a part of what that was looking like, and so uh, just just really, really impressive overall just to kind of get that support you know, from alumni, from obviously the other sports. I mean, football, uh, Matt House posted a photo on Twitter that – you know, it looked like half the defense was at his house watching the game for a big party or something. And, you know, you like to see that. I mean, that's that's kind of what, you know, I think LSU hopes to be They're They're trying to build a, you know, quote unquote powerhouse. That's been kind of their mantra yeah. uh, for the baseball you know, uh, socials all, all season long. And, um, you know, they're they're trying to do it across all sports. And uh, they've certainly are off to a pretty good start with the women's and the the ba- wins ba- women's basketball and baseball teams winning national championships this year. Something special about year number two uh, for coaches and Scott Woodward doing a great job. I'll tell you one thing: he's on quite a run. I saw um, a tweet that you know was kind of highlighting all of this, and it was obviously Mulkey, obviously Kelly, and in, in the football team winning the SEC West you know, in year one, and then just the litany of all the other sports and what they've been able to accomplish. Uh, It's been crazy. And Glenn, it kind of leads me into what happened today. We're recording this uh, here on Tuesday afternoon. Uh, Wednesday night is going to be the celebration, which you and I are both going to be at, which I'm sure is going to be uh, phenomenal and really cool to see. I got to get out of here first. (laughs) Yeah, Glenn's got an early flight. He's still in Omaha. (laughs) <laughs> For those who don't know, my flight was canceled on uh, Tuesday morning at 1.30 in the morning, and I was right in the middle of writing, and I was just letting letting loose with the expletives, man. I was so close to getting out of here, and after being here for two weeks and having the time of my life, I'll be it. I'll, I'm, I'm first to admit it was a very, very fun experience, something I'll never forget. Uh, but, man, my heart sank when that text came through and <laughs> spent a couple hours trying to get everything situated, and so – Hopefully, hopefully, when you when some people see this, we'll be at the out at the uh, out at the celebration together, and uh, should be a lot of fun. Kind of uh, bringing an end to what has been a, a really really fun season. Yeah, the team got back today, and man, for a middle of the day, Glenn, and an hour and fifteen minute delay for the team getting there. Originally, uh, they were supposed to get there around one thirty. Fans were lined up. I, I joked with you. I said, I'm, "I'm in the parking lot." I shot you a text, eating lunch at around twelve o'clock, uh, waiting for the team to get there. Obviously, uh, they don't get there till two, a little bit, a little bit after two thirty, around two thirty-five. And man, those fans stayed out there. It was hot, and, and for me, just to be able to see. Uh, you know, the fans that didn't get to make the trip to Omaha, but we've got a cool piece coming tomorrow morning where I got to talk to some fans. Some drove from Shreveport, some drove from outside Dallas to come be a part and see uh, the LSU faithful come back home. And man, what an atmosphere. Uh, Kids excited. And I think the players too, you know, I think they expected 
to see something, but I think just the amount of people, the passion those folks had sat out there for three, um, some four hours uh, in, in the middle of a Louisiana summer to kind of watch, that was really, really cool. So I'm uh, going to set up for a nice uh, a nice thing tomorrow, obviously, with the celebration. And Glenn, I don't know if you saw, they have the, um, the Intimidator is covered. So already going to work on updating that, which is going to be a lot of fun. But Glenn, as we kind of wrap this up, one thing I was going to mention earlier, you talked about the pitching. Five different LSU pitchers earned victories. Uh, Skeens, Cooper, Hurd had the two wins. And Nate Ackenhausen, we can't forget about him, and Griffin Herring, who all did a great job. But as we kind of wrap this up, and look, we can, we're going to take it twofold here. We're going to you know appreciate what has happened, but take a look towards the future. So the first part I want to ask you here, for guys like Dylan Cruz, Trey Morgan, uh, you know, you could go down the list. Cade Beloso, guys that have meant so much to this program. What was it like when you kind of knew these guys were going to be their last at bat? And what kind of lasting impact as these guys go, uh, as these guys go on to do whatever they're going to do, whether it's in baseball or something else? And a lot of them are going to have a great future in baseball. What what do they mean to this LSU program? Oh, I think they mean a great deal. I mean, just the um, the legacies that they're leaving behind. That was the question that I asked um, all four of the players in the press conference after the game. Um, just when you're looking back at this thing 20 years from now, what do you think you're going to remember most kind of deal and just wanted to leave it open-ended for those guys. And the first one to answer was Beloso, and he gave probably the a, a really just one of the better answers you could hope for is, you know, I, I'm – you know, I'm happy we won a national championship, but I'm also pretty sad that, you know, this thing is over and that we don't get to play and practice together anymore. Um, he made a nice little joke at the end about the reunions and how fun those are going to be because uh, they'll have 10, they'll have 15, 20, 30, 35, 40 year reunions for this team. Um, and, it, and it'll be really great just getting to watch those guys go back to the box and, uh, you know, deservedly so get a ton of, of praise and applause. Um, this was, uh, you know, this was a team that had all the expectations in the world on them in the preseason. I mean, they were preseason yeah. number one. Uh, they were preseason, or they were number one in the in the in the in the country for twelve straight weeks to open the year. Went through some injuries. Um, you know, went through some struggles towards the end of the regular season. Uh, certainly could have let that kind of uh, hinder your your performance in postseason play, um, but credit to to those guys, man. They just they kept battling. They kept competing. Um, and I thought really the last three weeks, uh, four weeks, and if you include, you know, all the regionals, super regional, and, and certainly all the Omaha stuff as well, I thought they played their best baseball. Uh, honestly, I thought the regional was was really great. Uh, super regional against Kentucky, they pretty much dominated. Um, and then and then in the College World Series, you had the the pitching performances of of their lives. I mean, I thought that the, like I said, the pitching staff really carried this team. Mm-hmm. Um, but in terms of the, the, the legacies and all that stuff, I mean, I think once we get away from it a little bit, you know, kind of have more time to process it, you'll kind of really understand uh, just just how much this this team is meant. I mean, I think the 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 hope here is that you're starting another dynasty here under Jay Johnson. I think there's a hope that you'll be back in this tournament, back in this College World Series sooner than later. You'll be competing for another championship in the next several years. Um and 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 that's that's kind of the expectations that are on this program. And uh, after 14 year drought, and you know, I, I would imagine that now in the age of NIL and transfer portal, a lot of these players that are going to be looking at what LSU just did, looking at all the fans that were out there in Omaha, 25,000 strong, 
mainly LSU fans, um, you know, taking over that tournament um, and having an opportunity to be in those situations, that's going to be hard to turn down if you're a college player, if you're a high school player. I think that there's a lot of momentum that Jay Johnson can now run with here in the future. And a lot of these guys are going to be back and around the program. I mean, uh, you know, that that's kind of been the, the M.O., over the last several years, I mean, Bragman comes back. All these, all these former greats always are back in the building and around the facilities in the off season. And uh, certainly, I would expect the same to be said about you know the Dylan Cruises of the world and Paul Skeens and uh, Trey Morgan and Gavin Dugas and, and all these guys that are going to be uh, so vital to I think the community here moving forward. And certainly, the LSU baseball brand. Uh, it, it's going to be really, really. Uh, interesting to see how they capitalize on, on this momentum because I think that they're uh, they've they've really got a chance to do something special here over the next several years. We're going to have loaded coverage through the month of July. Obviously, we know football season's coming, but recruiting for baseball not only in the high school ranks and looking more at that class coming in. Uh, because I'll say this: I remember Gavin Gidry saying before they left for Omaha, the upperclassmen told the freshmen when they came back, they said he said look, you're not true freshman anymore. We need you if we're going to win a national title. I imagine that's going to be the message for the 24 class. We're going to take a more in-depth look at that here in the month of July as we get ready to turn the calendar over. And then also the transfer portal. We've got some great information where things might be leaning, where things might be heading. But, Glenn, kind of to wrap it up right here, you talked about the legacy. I talked with a fan today who made his way from Texas, and he had uh, he, he was decked out in, in purple and gold. And I asked him what it meant to him as a fan. And he talked about, you know, how his family grew up LSU fans. It was entrenched. His dad, he had watched games with his dad, stuff like that. But one thing he brought, the point was seeing LSU back on top of the baseball world. When you hear that phrase, what do you think it does for the future? And you kind of went into it, but the future of this program, and is the sky really the limit for this team and this program going forward? I think so. I mean, I think it's one of the elite brands in, in all of college baseball. I mean, you look up and you see LSU playing in the College World Series. It just I mean, it feels right. I mean, I, I was walking around a lot in the last couple of weeks just talking with folks that were a part of Omaha that worked the, the grounds and the security and the facilities and the uh, the Fan Fest area. Um, they say when LSU's around, it's it's just different. I mean, it is. It's the, the just because of the atmosphere and the the players that are usually coming through and playing for the team at the time. Um, there's just always a level of intrigue and excitement that comes with those games uh, that they're a part of, and uh, they you could tell that they really really enjoyed and uh, that that having LSU there. And there's nothing more. Uh, that you can say other than the fact that they had 88,000 jello shots over a two-week period uh, <laughs> and pretty much, I think, probably made that restaurant's year. I mean, I can't imagine that that oh restaurant will have to do much in terms of uh, uh, just just more sales. More money. <laughs> yeah, sales. I, I, I think they've made their yearly quota in about two weeks there with LSU. And so it's that kind of stuff, man. I mean, I think that they the fan base here really brings it uh, they, they, they've been missing that opportunity to go back to Omaha for six years and uh, they turned out uh, and, and I think that you know if the LSU continues to do this they they certainly won't stop showing up and it'll be really really fun to see and uh, we'll see how far this thing can go and what kind of dynasty can be created here. Well I guess uh, the only thing left to say is uh, get some rest we hope you get back on your flight and uh, I think you're taking a little vacation off before we ramp it back up for football season, Glenn, with the fingers crossed there. Any big plans, Glenn, for the month of July? You got anything big planned? 
No, I mean I got the the vacation coming up for a few days. Um, then we're off, then we're off to SEC Media Days. I actually have to plan that trip. Uh, we're gonna be heading up to SEC Media Days for a few days in Nashville, where our headquarters are. So might get to meet a couple of the the national guys over in Nashville, and uh, then a couple weeks after that, it's back to the grind of, of uh, fall camp and and getting ready for the season. Uh, it's gonna be. Uh, really interesting, fun. I think football season for LSU. They got a lot of great opportunities here, and uh, you know we'll see we'll see what happens. But I'm I'm looking forward to it for sure. Yeah, get some rest, get on your flight, and make it back to Baton Rouge. We'll see you back yes, here in Louisiana very soon. That's all that I want to do. That's all that I want to do for the next 24 hours. Just 24 hours. Just get you home. home. There we go. go home. <laughs> Right. Absolutely love it. Glenn West, Bryce Coon here on the Go 24-7 Podcast. Hey, we appreciate you tuning in all season long to the baseball coverage. We really ramped it up, and we're going to continue it. It does not stop with a national title. A lot of recruiting, a lot of transfer portal news. And so if you haven't already, down in the description below here on YouTube and wherever you're finding the audio podcast, you can click the link over to Go 24-7, our website. Continue to subscribe to the channel. Continue to like it as we keep growing this for what is – going to be a fun time of the year man it's i don't know if with lsu sports if there is not a fun time of the year right now with the way this athletic program is continuing to go bryce coon glenn west here on the go 24 7 podcast we hope you have a fantastic rest of your day wherever you're listening and we enjoyed having you cbs wednesday we have so many cool diverse people from different backgrounds different beliefs different upbringings and it just keeps growing citizen of the United States. I'm a hustler. I'm a big Taylor Swift fan. I'm the queen of the tribe. I am playing whatever role I gotta play. I'm gonna play this game full speed. I ain't going down like no punk. A new Survivor, Wednesday on CBS and streaming on Paramount+. Plus.